You're listening to the Homegrown Faith Podcast. I'm Joe Clark, and I'm chatting with my fellow pastor and friend, Richard Sweatman, about God, the Bible, and life lived growing our faith in Jesus. This podcast is coming to you from Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle. Hey there, Joe. Good to be chatting with you today. How are you doing? Yeah, I am well, thank you, brother. I am doing very well, and I have a good news story. Oh, that's great. Tell us. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yesterday, I sat down on my couch and I read the news and was just like stoked because I don't know if anyone else was following this story, but a three-year-old um, went missing in the Hunter Valley, a, a young child who had a toddler who had autism, so was nonverbal. I did and, see um, that uh, You story. saw that story? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, when I saw that he'd been missing for over three days, I was watching it and just you know, praying and just feeling sad for the family, assuming that this child had probably um, met with a, a really sad fate. Um, anyway, I I got on the news yesterday and ended up weeping because there's this story <laughs> and you can watch the video of the police helicopter capturing vision of this young child sitting in a creek using his hands to drink water and he's mm. just sitting there and the and these police officers are obviously doing their job so they're giving coordinates of where this child is. And then as I was reading the news, I thought, oh, this is quoting an SES volunteer who found the child. Mm. So he's the one who's walked up to this child and picked him up. And I thought, I'm sure there's a video of this. So I Google it and on the ABC there's this video of this this really lovely old man. His name is Greg Chalmers. Mm -hmm. His nickname is Bluey. He's from Port Stephens. You can see it in the video. And he tells a story of how he finds this child. And I just think it's the most moving thing to see a gentleman who is serving the community with SES finding mm. a child and, and sharing that story. And he does it with such lovely pace. You know, he's he's telling he's – he's obviously a kind of a country bloke telling a yarn. Yeah. Um, but it's real. Anyway, it was – I don't know if you enjoy watching those kinds of videos. I don't usually. Like, I don't go seeking out having no. good news stories. But it was just – I was weeping by the end of it with so yeah. much happiness. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Anyway. No, that's great. And hmm. so this guy was obviously, he was thrilled to find um, the child. And, yeah, uh, and he tells the story of, you know, the, the helicopter's overhead and he was very close before they found him. He, mm. the, the terrain looks quite rugged and only about 15 metres away. And so he walks up to the child and taps him on the shoulder and says his name and this child looks up and is just absolutely thrilled. And this man sits down in the water next to this child and the child jumps up onto his lap, like climbs into his lap and starts mm. playing with his badge and and he's talking to him and then he says, let's call your mum. And I just was like, whoa, I, I'm getting emotional even now. Yeah, and he I'm was getting emotional. Too, yeah. He was getting emotional in the video and it's this, you know, he's this obviously experienced SES volunteer mm. doing a job, but he's not doing it. He's, he's looking to care for this young child and it was just so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I'm going to put the link in the show notes. You have to watch it. It's just really nice. I will. Oh, mm. what a great news story and mm. yeah, so thankful that prayers have been answered and that little yeah. guy was found. Yeah, and there was another video of the family celebrating it when he when the news came and he'd been found yeah. and I just looked at that and I thought, what jubilation. That is true jubilation. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Anyway, praise God for AJ being found. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, a biblical vibe to it as well, isn't it? The, the yeah. sun coming home. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Lovely. Uh, what have you been up to? Oh, well, I thought I'd share a bit of um, yeah, reading for fun or sort of Ooh. air quotes fun um, in um, <laughs> the uh, on my, my Saturday reading. On Saturdays, I don't read work things, but sometimes I'll, I'll read some nonfiction that has, you know, some relationship some value. to work. And so yeah. just reading a book called Atomic Habits, An Easy and Proven Way to Build Good Habits and Break Bad Ones by yes. James Clear. Have you heard of this? I have heard of it and it's on my, like, 
wish list, although I don't wish to read it, but I feel like I should. <laughs> <laughs> Is it good? It was recommended by a friend. Um, yeah, Andrew, you'll know at church. Uh, yes. Thought, thought it'd be helpful. And um, it looks like there's one of those pop psychology, easy to read kind of things. So I knew it would be okay. <laughs> and uh, you and I are in the business of helping people change and grow and mm. discipleship and things. So habits and change is an interest of ours. Mm. And so, um, yeah, picked it up, um, reading it. It's it's pretty easy reading. Um, and uh, But the thing I thought I'd share... Uh, just enjoyed something as I was reading. I was reminded of something you often say, Joe. So, oh. um, yeah. So one of his first points is um, to uh, in ch- to change your behaviour is not to you don't want to start with what you're doing. You want to start with a change of your identity. Mm, and so, yeah. Good. Good quote here. It says, uh, "True behaviour change is identity change. You might start a habit because of motivation, but the only reason you'll stick with one is that it becomes part of your identity." So, so a couple of illustrations, he says, the goal is not to read a book. The goal is to become a reader. Or the goal is not to run a marathon. The goal is to become a runner. And I was reading his thinking, this reminds me a lot of something that you say often, Joe, um, when you are speaking to women, you don't, you're not so often saying you, you should read your Bible. You're saying we want to be Bible women. Who are we? We're Bible women. Yeah. You know, this is what you say, isn't it, Joe? I'm not uh, it is. being it is. inaccurate. I, I didn't realize that that's what I was doing, but thank you for showing me. <laughs> So, yes, this fits because you know that it's about identity. And, and mm. so it's uh, fitting nicely with what James Clear is saying about um, changing identity. So mm. um, uh, that's what I enjoyed. I have, I'm only like very early on, so I don't know if I'd mm. 100% say let's go recommend it. But mm. there we go. Joe. You, you're way ahead of the curve here on um, <laughs> habit changing. Oh, well, it is interesting, though, because essentially it's that whole the concept is we want to change the story of ourselves and change mm. who we are. Mm. Um, and Christians are in the business of saying, oh, actually, who we are has completely changed, but not because of our power, but because of Jesus mm. and God's mercy upon us. And so, yeah, I think Christians will take up that point and say, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And yeah. then is in the chapter he's saying after you've had that identity shift, every time you do something, that kind of reinforces so uh, each time you start a workout, you're an athlete, or each time you practice the violin, you are a musician. And so ah. the same would apply to Bible reading. I think that yeah. I'm a Bible person, you, we're, um, and as you read the Bible, yeah, that's reinforcing, oh, you're a, you're a Bible person. So yeah, um, a little cool. work there. So anyway, that's uh, James Clear. I'll read that a little bit on Saturdays over a, <laughs> over a, over a period. Chip away at it until something else comes along. You might be like, mm. I've had enough of that. Or exactly. Would you, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah you know so, me. Yeah. I'm not a. I'm not a um, finish the book at all costs sort of guy. So <laughs> I don't understand that. I really struggle not to yeah. finish the book. Anyway, um, back to the Bible. Bible, as we always come to each week. What have you that. been reading? Yeah, I've just started in Job recently. I feel like it's mm. been a little while since I've read Job, and um, just uh, got into it. And it was, oh, I tell you, uh, Joe. Even though I've read it many times before, it's just like a blast in the face these first few chapters yeah. and um i was uh yeah reminded of um yes some of the well the passage i'll talk about just the the agony of suffering and the mm. emotional intensity of that so job chapter six struck me just recently verses eight to ten which i'll read uh if only my request would be granted and god would provide what i hope for that he would decide to crush me to unleash his power and cut me off it would still bring me comfort and I would leap for joy in unrelenting pain that I had not denied the words of the Holy One. Whoa. And, 
you know, here is, so here's a guy who's wishing for his death, like he's in suffering and his only hope is that he dies, uh, that God would end his life and that he could rejoice that he had not denied God, mm. that he had not turned away in the midst of suffering. Mm. And um, that struck me just because it was so strong and so powerful, um, such a dedication to faithfulness to God. Mm. Um, and and kind of topical, I guess, as our world debates euthanasia and um, and and is putting forward, you know, uh, would say to Job, perhaps, well, you should take control of this and end your life. Don't leave it to God. It's, mm. it's up to you. But mm. that's not God's. That's not Job's attitude as well. So, mm. just a lot in those few verses that, um, yeah, got me feeling things and thinking things. And um, mm. yeah, what uh, what are your thoughts? Oh, I'm I am I'm finding it hard to move past some of the key words in the passage actually. It's quite a, it's quite strong language. Mm. Things like he's in unrelenting pain mm. and he wants uh, and then NIV has in verse 9 cut off my life, which is slightly different from what you've got go- going on with yeah, what you read. Yeah. Um but being crushed and in all in view of all that not wanting to deny the Holy Spirit. Mm. You can hear a quite deep desperation. Mm. And grief and yeah i think I, as i read it i think whoa what do i do with all of that um, yeah, and then yeah. just say okay there is a there is a there is a place in the in the word in god's word for this experience and god job is talking that out yeah mm. yeah yeah and and this comes as part of the whole book and um mm. so uh yeah in the we do learn more. We see the fullness of Job's experience. Um, yeah, yeah. Because he's uh, sitting in the dust and ashes right now, isn't he? Yeah, this yeah. Is, this is part of his dialogue with his mates. Scraping. So they're sitting there talking it out. Oh, yeah, and the mates don't get me started on them. <laughs> 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 Maybe that's for another time, but seriously, yeah. <laughs> of all the worst things you could say um, yeah. in grief, they've, they're ticking, ticking every box. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, yeah, that you, yeah get, okay. you do get the full picture, but um, just such suffering, and I guess in some ways pointing forward to Jesus, who's mm. was utterly faithful to God in mm. his suffering. Mm. Um, and it, the word "crushed" makes me think of he was crushed for our iniquities, yeah. And he was punished for our sin. That kind yeah. of quoting of Isaiah, and and so when I read the word "crush" here, that God would be willing to crush me in verse nine, I'm like, oh, that that word is just. It's so attached to Jesus' death for me. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. So, um, yeah, Job, I feel like I'm going to be reading it regularly for the next uh, month or so as we make our way through. But, um, yeah, heavy and good. Yeah. Yeah. Often the experience of reading Job, isn't it? Yeah. That's a good summary. But, Mm. uh, Joe, you've been uh, doing some reading in in the leadership realm. Tell us about that. Yes. Well, as I spoke about last week, Craig Hamilton is – a, a great guy to be thinking about leadership with. Mm. He's written a book called Wisdom in Leadership. And the thing I love about this book, and I would recommend you grab a copy of it um, if you haven't yet read it, it's short and sharp chapters, mm-hmm. which means it's kind of like, um, no, you already have a copy of this book, I when I was saying grab a copy, but you've shown me this book. But yeah. um, it's, it's short, sharp chapters that, you want to read the whole book, but actually you could read one chapter and still grab something really great from it. Mm. And so I was thinking about some people I mentor at church um, yesterday. We were catching up over Zoom and I thought, you know what? I think we need to read 
something. So I grabbed out wisdom and leadership and we just had a chat about how we were, she was going in leadership and something she was concerned for. I showed her the book and I showed her the contents page by sharing my screen because it's an ebook. And we ended up picking this chapter, which is titled Stop Listening to Yourself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. And so I just want to read just a few little snippets from it, which is essentially the whole idea of it is um, be really thoughtful about talking to yourself with the truth of the gospel rather than listening to wrong thinking in your head. Mm. But the quote from Martin Lord-Jones that starts the chapter is so good, so I'm just going to read that. Mm-hmm. Martin Lord-Jones, leader and preacher at Westminster Chapel in London from 1939 to 1968, made this profound observation in a book called Spiritual Depression. Here's the quote. Have you realized that most of your unhappiness is in, in life is, in, is due to the fact that you are listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself? Take those thoughts that come to you the moment you wake up in the morning. You have not originated them, but they are talking to you. They bring back the problems of yesterday, etc. Somebody is talking to you. Who's talking to you? Yourself is talking to you. That's the quote. And <laughs> <laughs> we had both woken up with worries on our mind. And I wonder if it happens more during COVID. Because yeah. I don't know. I found it has. I'm just a little bit more disturbed in my sleep sometimes with thoughts. And it was just really great to read this chapter. and. It finishes um, with an exhortation. Uh, much It goes to Psalm 42, and I'll just read um, some Psalm 42. He says about Psalm 42, he says, The psalmist is very aware that things aren't going well. It seems as though God has left him. Everything looks bad. So what does he do? Instead of listening to himself, he starts talking to himself. Verse 5 of Psalm 42 says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. For I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Mm. And he goes on to explain that, that this model of looking at my my t- turmoil within and hoping, telling myself to hope in God is just a habit we can build. Mm. And Ruth and I, as we were reading this, it was just such an encouraging conversation to, to talk to each other about how to talk to ourselves about God and trusting God rather than letting kind of getting hooked on lies and untruths. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I just would commend that chapter to people if you wanted to have a read. Um, so this is a habit that you would like to get into more regularly? That, um, absolutely. Yeah. And um, Ruth and I were discussing how how we had already started the conversation earlier in the catch-up about how we want to move from conviction to application in our lives, and we mm. realised that this would be a key habit. And so things like if we're both worrying when we wake up in the morning, before we go to bed at night, telling ourselves some truthful things. Um, oh, that's a good practical and, idea. Yeah, yeah. so I did it last night. I, <laughs> I told myself some truths because today is quite a big day for me and I had lots of things on. Yeah. And I slept so much better. And <laughs> there are many factors for why I slept better. But it yeah. was actually lovely to wake up in the morning and think, huh, I'm thinking nice things. <laughs> yeah. And um, But, yeah, just I've found I live by myself and so during COVID I've been trying to talk out loud to myself a bit and say true mm. things to myself, mm. and it has been helpful. And so reading this chapter, I was like, oh, I can just say truthful things about God to myself as well, not just like, Joe, you don't want to eat that third piece of chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you talk to yourself? Um, yeah, I think I do. Um, I would, um, uh, yeah, a big trouble is uh, what stops me is I, I don't recognise that I'm I'm listening to myself. So yeah. I, I've, I'm cultivating the skill of having an emotion and recognizing that I'm having an emotion. Yeah. And then uh, a little bit of self-observation and then speaking truth into that observation. So, yeah, that's and, good. So um, 
That sounds like a lot, but, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I think the end point is, yeah, speaking truth, um, biblical and, and other, other things as well. But, uh, yeah, I'm right on board with what Craig's saying there for sure. Yeah, and I think I just was reminded, hey, not all your feelings are true. Mm. You should manage that. And it was really great. <laughs> Well, that's good to hear, Joe. <laughs> yes. Well, um, it's been lovely to chat, Richard. Um, mm-hmm. Good to talk about rescues and books and Job's suffering and um, thinking about preaching to, to yourself the truth. Yeah. Yes. Um, but we must go. I, before we finish up, though, I would like to invite people, if you have enjoyed this podcast, um, what we would love is for you to share that enjoyment with someone else. Why not let someone know that you're listening or put a review on Apple Podcasts or something? That helps other people find us. If you're enjoying this podcast, why not share it about? But thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you next week. Talk to you next week, Joe. Mm. See ya. Bye. Bye.